Pastor Terry's got a word for you. I want you to open your heart, open your ears to receive it this morning. Amen. We love you. God bless you, Pastor Terry. Come on, man. Amen. Good morning. So good to see you this morning. Those who are in the house with us, the few who have uh, here to worship and help us make this service happen. But it's great to see those tuning in the live stream. I just clicked over just a few moments ago. And man, just great to see those who are joining us on live stream. Thank you for sharing the post. Again, as Pastor Andrew said, don't forget if you're new here, click on that link. Let us know uh, you're, you're with us for the first, second, or third time even. Uh, we'd love to just get connected with you. And uh, again, that's on every platform. But this morning, man, I'm just excited to be back together, to be able to gather around God's Word one more time. And so if you would do this, you can grab your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 1. Amen? John chapter 1. And I had a woohoo in a house. Hope we get a woohoo amen online as well. And uh, But as you turn there, don't forget that we have that version Bible app live event taking place. If you'd like to be a part of that. You can follow along there if your mobile device is free right now, if you're not watching the service on your device. But uh, you can go back later and see that as well. But just again, click on more, then events, and then just type in search Faith Renewed. Since you're not in the house with us, and that would come up, and you can follow along. But John chapter 1, if you got it, say amen. 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 I don't know if you guys could hear that in the house mics, but got a few amens. Well, let's do this. John chapter 1, verse 1 is where we will begin and uh, we're going to read through uh, 14 today. I just want to just, again, get, read this whole passage. I was going to pull just a few verses out from there. And I was like, that whole thing's good. Amen? <clears throat> that whole thing is awesome. So I'm going to read 1 through 14. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse 7, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And so he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. Amen. Are any children of God watching this morning? To those who believe in his name, who were, not, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14 is what I want to zero in on. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to read those last few words again. I want you to say this with me from wherever you may be tuned in this morning. Full of grace and 
truth. One more time. Full of grace and truth. Amen. I love that. Let's pray. And we're going to just hang out here, talk together, spend a few moments around this word together. But let's just go to God and do in prayer today. Yeah, I invite you to just join me wherever you may be tuned in today. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing stopping your church, Lord, from gathering. Lord, there's nothing stopping the church, Lord, from worshiping you, God, and being the church. And so, God, I just thank you today for what you're doing, Lord. It is a continual outpouring of your grace, God, that allows us to do what we do, be who we are, and step into what you've called us into, God. So I thank you, Father, for just all that you're doing in our lives. And I just pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit, God, would just become more real. And today, God, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. His name is. We're in a series, and we're going to jump back into this series today. We were in this before Resurrection Sunday, celebrating the goodness of Jesus being alive. And we're going to jump back into this series today. And when we gather back together in this house physically, we're going to be launching a new series. And I'm telling you, I'm excited about this series. It's called We Are Family. And so I don't know about you, I have missed being with my family and the church family gathering together. And so when we come back together, and I believe it's going to be very soon, and I'm looking forward to that day and to that time. And again, I believe it will be very soon. But today, God has been placing on my heart heavily that today he wants us to zero in on his grace. And so the title of the message today is, His Name is Grace. Amen. His name is Grace. Have you have you ever messed up? All right. Have you ever like messed up? Have you ever like dropped the ball? Have you ever missed it? Now I'm gonna go ahead and do this today. I'm gonna go ahead and allow uh, all of those who have not messed up. Uh, to go ahead and just, you can exit out of the live stream uh, this morning, and um, we're going to go ahead and just release you. You can go back to Hulu. Uh, you can go back to Netflix, um, whatever it is that you're, well, we're going to go ahead and release you today because you, you don't need this message. All right, you, you won't need what needs to be shared. Um, now, I'm hoping we don't see the numbers drop because the truth is we've all messed up. Amen. We've all missed it. And uh, all of us have dropped the ball, so to say. And so today we need his grace and his grace truly is. And we sing it and it's true. His grace truly is amazing. Amen. It is so amazing. And I'm just so thankful for the grace of God, the amazing grace of God and how good he is to us. And so today, as we look at the grace of God, as we zero in on just how good he is to us, I I believe that, man, just just today, man, the Holy Spirit's just going to reveal some things in our heart and just give us another glimpse of who he is. That's what this series has been about. We've been looking at different attributes of Jesus and the different attributes of who he is and the character that he represents. And every week, it's been something new. Every week, it's been something different because our God is so good. He's so great. He's so vast, and he's so big. And today, the grace of God truly is an amazing thing. It's so powerful. And I want to do this. I'm going to give you this morning two points. What? Two points this morning, messing with you at the house, messing with you in the house. Today, as we look at this morning, a couple of things. Now, this could be like a 20-point message when we're talking about grace, but I want to zero in on and look at two. How many knows the whole Bible is full of grace? It's a book of grace, and again, I'm so thankful for it. But I want to do this. I want to zero in on two people 
two different lives, two people that would again so powerfully show each of us again how beautiful the grace of God truly is. How valuable it is. I believe we will be able to identify as we today look at the two stories today that we're going to just kind of zero in on. I believe we're going to be able to identify with these guys in some way. I believe there's going to be some things that we see about them that we can see in ourselves. And so today I want us to jump into this story, look at the message today as we look at what grace does. Number one thing is this, grace sees who you can become. Grace sees who you can become. Man, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful I didn't get what I deserved. I am. I'm so thankful that I didn't get what I deserved. I am so thankful that God didn't leave me the way he found me. That he came in and changed my life. That he didn't look at my life and he didn't say, man, I will never be able to use that one. I will never be able to do anything with him. And he didn't leave you the way he found you. And maybe this morning you're watching, you're like, man, my life is so messed up. It is so in disarray. It is so confused right now. Man, I don't even know, man, coming from going, I am so messed up today. Let me let you understand something about Jesus. He does not leave you the way he finds you. He sees in your life who you can become. He already sees it there and he begins to pull that from us. Now, I love this. And when it comes to Christianity and when it comes to my relationship with God, I would say this, this is probably the area, the area of grace that I struggled with the most. I did, I just did. And I think today, even to this level of, again, being in ministry 20 plus years, I think today even more so, I still struggle with grace. Just trying to, again, process it. Trying to wrap my mind around it. Because I grew up in a time where like, it was a very big focus on how much work you do. Now, please understand, man, that, man, when you have been saved by grace through faith, not of yourself, it is a gift from God, lest any man should boast. We were saved by grace through faith. But he said it this way, we are his workmanship created for good works. So those who, again, who have been saved by grace through faith, he created you, you're his workmanship to do a great work for him. But I'm going to be honest, for me, I confused it for so long that my salvation would come from my works. There's still many false religions today, cults today, who are out there speaking and teaching and believing that, man, it is their works that will get them to the place of their salvation. I want you to understand something about grace. Grace comes to us just as we are, but it does not leave us in that way. It does something radical in our life. And our works are so valuable. Our works are so important. But again, it's not for God. I love something Martin Luther said. Martin Luther said, God does not need your good works. But your neighbor does. What? God does not need your good works. 
but your neighbor does. So again, we do these things and we work out and, and we, we, we work for the kingdom. We do what God has called us to do. But I want us to understand something about grace and why it's so powerful and why it's so real that today when God comes to you, when the grace of God is poured into your living room, when the grace of God is poured right now into your situation, that grace radically and just in every way dramatically changes everything about us and he does not leave us that way because this is what Jesus sees. He sees what you can be. He sees what you can become. And the enemy loves to do this. The enemy loves to just get us in condemnation. He loves to get us in guilt. He loves to get us in fear because he understands when we get a grasp on grace, he loses a hold. In every way. He loses that stronghold when we get a grasp of the greatness of God. But I thought this way. I had the mindset of like Dory from Finding Nemo. That was my grace story. My grace story was like the Dory story. And it was like, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Can I get somebody on the keyboard up here? Can I break the- the whole worship team refuses to come back up and play with me. You know, so let me tell you something. I'll sing an acapella all by myself. Just keep swimming. No, I, I, I won't do that to you. I want you to stay tuned in this, this morning. But that was my mindset. If I keep swimming, if I keep pushing, if I keep doing it, then, man, Jesus will love me. If, if I keep pushing in, then I can arrive. Then I can make it. Then I'll get there. But I want you to understand something about grace. Grace is received, not achieved. Grace is received, not achieved. It's not, a, not, not something you set up here and you're pressing towards grace. It is the grace of God that comes into your life that helps press you towards and push you towards the mark, that pushes you towards your purpose. It is the grace of God that does this in our lives. And so we see today, there's so much more. Grace is not just one of his names. Grace is not a topic. Grace is not a series. Grace is not a curriculum. Grace is Jesus. It's who he is. It's his name. It is what he does for us. And the Bible says this about Jesus. Our text said he is full of grace. Yeah, he's full of grace and he's full of truth. For so long, I was like, Jesus up there trying to figure out which one he needed to use. It was like, man, do I need to pull out the, the grace here? Do I need to kind of flow into my truth mode, Jesus? Do I need to be that Jesus? Do, wh- wh- which is it? I'm like 50% of, tr- of grace. I'm like 50% of truth. And, and I'm like over here trying to figure out which one and what I need to do and where I need to show up. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. And this is what he does for us. Listen. He takes us and makes us because he sees who we can become. I love this about Paul. Paul's the story, then Paul's the guy. And like Paul was the one I want us to zero in on for just a second. This guy named Saul, this guy named Paul. Acts chapter 8. I want you to hear about this guy. And and this guy here, man, you're talking about Jesus looking into someone's life and seeing who they can become? 
not just who they are. Beautiful representation of this. And this is for us today. Again, who again who can look into our life and see who we can become. This is what he does. Acts chapter 8, man. Radical story, man. It's crazy. It's wild because we're seeing in verse 1, it comes in, it says, Now Saul was consenting to his death. Now, you have to see that if you go back and look in the end of seven, you will see that Stephen, who was martyred for the gospel, who was out there sharing the story, sharing the testimony, whose, whose life has been radically transformed by Jesus. He's out there preaching the message. And then his life, because of what he stood for, was stoned to death. And in this text, we see this. Verse one says, now Saul was consenting to his death. He was just as much as if he held the rock himself, as if he had threw it himself, as if he had made the death blow. He was consenting in this story. And it goes on to say, and at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And let's look at what Saul does. Verse 3 says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. This is what he was doing. Entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Hear this. Wow. He made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Just imagine for just a moment, as like as you're tuned in to this live stream, somebody just kicks in and busts in your door and come in there and they look on the television set. They look on the screen and they say, what are you watching? You're, you're doing church right now? And they drug you out of your house. I know what some of y'all would do. Uh, I, know, I know what some of y'all do. I'm just going to leave it. I know what some of y'all would do. And, and I would too. But, but just think for just a moment what we see here. They drug them out of their houses. What if they grabbed your phone and said, what are you looking at? You're on YouTube watching Faith or a New Church. And they, and they went out and, and took your life, took you to prison. This was Saul. But Jesus... Saw something in Saul. Now, Saul and Paul, uh, a lot of people think he changed his name, and that would be a great story if you know if he got a new name. And spiritually, he did. He got something better than a new name. He got a new life when he met Jesus, and it preaches well, and I, I think it's cool. But uh, but but Paul was just the Greek name, basically. If you want to shorthand the, kind of the transformation there is who he was reaching and speaking to. Again, he was still referred to Saul as other parts of the story, even after he encounters Jesus. But but Saul, Paul, we see Saul, Paul, and, and this is a good thing we see about God. God saw past Saul and Saul, Paul. Say that five times real fast. God saw past Saul and saw Paul. He saw past who Saul was and saw the Paul within him. He saw the radical transformation of life. And so he saw who he would become. He saw what would happen because this is what the gospel does. The gospel is not behavioral modification. 
is life transformation. And so he radically gives him a new life. He encounters Jesus. He encounters the one who comes in. He encountered the grace of God. He had been preaching a law. He had been preaching a religion. He had been preaching those things, but he met grace and grace radically transformed his life. And grace changed everything about his mindset. And this Saul became this Paul who was radically transformed. And that guy who was going into the homes wrote 13 letters of the 27 books we see in the New Testament. That Paul, that Saul, that Saul Paul was, he, he, that guy was tortured now for the gospel. The one who had been radically in every way coming against the religion, coming against the way, coming against the Christian, met grace. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was tortured. He ultimately was martyred and gave his life. And he traveled and shared the good news. He traveled and shared this message of grace. He, he, he traveled and shared this message. He wrote the books that we look at of theology and, and practical living and what this thing looks like. The message that we get up and even preach today of what grace even looks like for us in our everyday life. We see what this, this Jesus does through the life of Paul and he radically comes in and he did it this way. He didn't wait for Saul to become a Paul or, or, or for that life transformation, whatever. He saw it in advance. And this is what the gospel does. And this is what grace does. Grace sees who you can become. And some of you right now in this moment, you're looking at your life. You're looking in the mirror and you hate what you see. You don't like what looks back at you. But let me let you understand something. God sees who you can become. God sees what's within you. God sees the real you. God sees what he can call you into. And it is the grace of God. It is the grace of God. It is the grace of God that comes in and changes our life radically and makes us who we can become. He sees us for who we can become. The second this morning and final one this morning is this. Grace silences the voice of your accuser. Grace will silence your accuser. Oh man, it will silence your accuser. Man, it is, it's, it's, it's wild that, again, all the stuff is happening in the quarantine, and I know it's just messing with so many people, and I've had a lot of conversations this week, man. People are, like, just so ready, and, and we are, too, and we're looking forward to, again, we can all gather, and we can get out, and life can come back. But for some, I, I want you to see this, that it hasn't just been, like, a little bit frustrating. For some, this has been a time where the voice of the enemy has risen up in their life. And the accuser has been speaking things over them. And the accuser has been coming at them. And he's been reminding them of the past. He's been doing things in their life and begin to come against their mindset and their thought life. And he's been pulling them down in every way. We see another story of an encounter with grace that is so beautiful. 
And it silences the voices of the accuser when we meet grace. Go to John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, we see a very familiar story. And I love this passage and could not preach today on grace without getting away from this story. Because in in John chapter 8, verse 2, it says, Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. This is Jesus, if you don't know. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery, in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. (laughs) But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman Standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The truth of this story is this, is that she was guilty. Caught in the act, the very act of adultery, she was guilty. But you know, that's our story. Like all of us, we're guilty until Jesus comes and sets us free. All of us have been caught in the act of adultery. Oh, Pastor, don't you be, don't you, you don't know. Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> please understand where I'm coming from. We've all been caught in the act of adultery. You know, spiritually, you were made for one lover, yeah. one relationship. His name is Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I know some of us, again, we may think we're the Saul, Paul. That one Saul was Paul, Paul was Saul, whatever. Yeah, that guy. And we're like, oh, we're so religious. And no, we've, no, listen, you've got to understand this. We've all been guilty of crawling in the bed of other lovers spiritually. Come on. Don't think for a moment you were innocent. Don't think for one moment, well, Pastor, I'm a good person, and that's good. But listen, that will not save us. Listen, but this is how this works today, and this is what we're going to do in this very place. The accuser loves to do this. The accuser loves to take you and throw you down in front of Jesus and tries to bring accusation and tries to point the finger and try to do all those things. But this is what happened. They made a mistake when they brought her to the one who could change her. 
They made a grave mistake when they had brought her and threw her down and seated her and put her in a position right in front of the one who could radically change her life because in that moment, they placed her in front of grace. And this is what grace does for us. This is what he does. Jesus does this. He comes and he positions himself to have an opportunity to have a conversation with her. And not them. I love it, man. I love Jesus. I love what Jesus does. He puts himself in the position and he kneels down and he gets in the dirt with her. And this is what Jesus does for us. He comes and gets in our dirt. I don't know about you, man. I am so thankful that Jesus came and he came down to me. He didn't just sit up on his seat of authority. He didn't just sit up on the throne. He left heaven and, and he comes to earth and he comes to get down in our dirt and come to see us and come have an encounter in a moment with us and see us face to face. I love it because I believe in that moment Eyes locked. I'm sure at first, man, her head was down. She knew what she had done. I'm sure at first, maybe, she couldn't look his way. But there was a moment, I believe, that took place when their eyes locked. She saw something different in his eyes than what she had seen in every other eyes. That's wild because Jesus is, he does some cool stuff, man. Does he not? <laughs> does he not do some very cool stuff? He gets down. Bible says that he writes in the dirt. I don't know, man. There's been like big debates about what Jesus said, man. I don't know. I wasn't there. It could have been like, I don't know, grocery list or something, you know. Pick up toilet paper, spend on short supply, you know. What? This is what we see. Jesus writes. <laughs> and this, this is the only time we see this where actually Jesus, we see him writing in Scripture. Now, we know, again, the entire book is him. This, again, that we, we learned this morning, again, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. This whole Bible is God. It's who he is. It's Jesus. It's him. But he comes down in that moment and he writes. And it's incredible in that moment, in that time where I believe, again, Eyes are locked. And it says in verse 9, it says, Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. I just, again, think for a moment with me. This story, all the voices, all the noise, all the chaos when Jesus is here trying to preach and teach truth. Bring her in, put her down in front of Jesus, saying she's caught in the very act. Tell us. Tell us, what do we do? 
Again, Jesus does what Jesus does. And when he does this, again, it says that they begin to walk out. I believe the only thing that she was hearing in that moment was boonk. Boonk. Maybe some souls just dropping to the ground. Because here's just the truth about this, and I, I, I never really connected with this. Maybe it's the fact that I'm getting older. It may be this stood out. The text says that it was from the oldest first to the last. I think it was those who had been in this thing a while. Those who realized, you know something, man? I've made a lot of mistakes too. I'm not standing here without sin. Who am I? I can't accuse her because, again, I've done the same thing. I can't do that because older ones kind of figured it out a little bit. When we're younger, man, you know, it's kind of like, oh, man, it's all good. But I think, again, they begin to realize this. But that example they set in leaving first all the way down to the very last, it puts them in a position to where only her and Jesus are there. And I love this because, again, he speaks directly to her and he begins to say, hey, where are the accusers? Where are they? She's like, I... And again, he has that conversation. He makes it clear. And I've seen people just focus on that last part. He said, go and sin no more. Hey, God, go and sin no more. And, and he said it. And that's just true. And listen, he wasn't telling her, I don't believe in any way, like you got to go be some perfect person. And again, if you, if you mess up, it's over. I don't believe that. But I believe he was spiritually speaking in her life and letting her know you'll find no other relationship better than the one you've just encountered. You've just met grace. You have just encountered him. And this is what grace does. Grace silences the voice of the accuser. If the enemy has been speaking into your life, if the enemy has been telling you you're nothing, you're no one, you're nobody, God can't use you. Let me tell you what God is going to do today. He's going to silence the voice of the accuser. He's going to shut the mouth of the enemy. Because in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, he says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused him before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Listen, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The voice of the accuser was silenced. The mouth of the enemy was shut because grace comes onto the scene. Now this morning, I don't know, there's been like two heavy things. I had another point in God last night. It was like just later, just later. Not right now. Because these are the two things that hey, I believe heavily that man God has placed in my heart that He's wanting to do in your life today. The number one thing is this He sees you for what you can become. And He's going to give you glimpses of that today. 
There's going to be some revelation come to you. You're going to see it, and he's going to show you that today. It's going to be beautiful. And in this moment today, as grace enters your situation, it's going to be wild because he sees what you can become. I believe this. You're going to even begin to look in the mirror and see things differently because, again, he's going to let you see yourself for how he sees you. And you're not going to wait till you get there. God's going to show you today. It's incredible what God's going to do. And in this moment, he's going to do this. He's going to silence the voice of the enemy for too long, for too long. And I believe this during this time, pull back for some, the voice of the Lord has become louder and it's incredible. And for some men, you've been hearing the voice of the shepherd of sheep. Now they hear, they know his voice, they hear it and they've been, it's been beautiful. But for some, the enemy's voice has begun to rise up during this time. Today, we're silencing the voice of the enemy. We're shutting the mouth of that enemy. And today, in this moment, this is an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you to respond, to let the Holy Spirit come into your situation. And as the worship team gets ready to minister, I want to speak into your life this. Listen, God wants to view. He wants you to take that next step. Oh, whatever that looks like for you, to leave where you are, to take the next step, to go further into Him. There's a next step link right there in the stream on every platform that we we're sharing on right now. You can find that. I know you're not able physically here to able to be able to respond in this room, but right now you can respond spiritually to the Lord. You can click that link and let us know. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you. In just a moment, Pastor Andrews will come up and we're just going to release into your household the voice of the Lord in greater volume. We're just going to pray that it increases. And as you worship him right now, as you worship the Lord right now and praise him, that's what's going to happen. He's going to draw you to a place of him and begin to show you, show you who you can become. Begin to take you to a place you've never been before in God. And it's grace that does that. It's not you earning this or working for this. It's you simply receiving. It's received, not achieved. Let the grace come into your situation. Let the presence of God come into your life right now and radically transform you. Show you who you can become. Silence the voice of every enemy.